0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to All There Is. I'm your host, Kelly Bargabas. We've been covering some challenging subjects the past three weeks, and they were all necessary topics, and it was really good conversation and hard work. But I'm happy to report that no trigger warning is needed with today's topic. It's all good news. Today's episode is called Grow Dreams grow dreams. And we're going to spend a few minutes talking about the things that kill our dreams and how we can grow new ones. Now, I guess the only warning I would give is that I'm going to use some gardening slash growing slash plant life analogies. And you should know this about me that I do not have a green thumb, not even a little bit. My husband and I both joke about our black thumb and how we kill everything we try to grow. It's so frustrating. We've come to accept it about ourselves. It's just, I don't know, we we can't figure it out. We're good at other things. He's a, an award-winning painter. I write. We cook together. We're pretty creative. We're fairly smart. But man, we just do not have that touch to know how much water or light or how often. We just don't have that in us to remember to water, that sensibility of waking up every day and knowing that, oh yeah, I need to water my plants. It's almost like we have blinders on when it comes to the plant life around us. We lived in San Diego the past five years. I mean, San Diego has the type of climate where you can grow stuff all year round. I would think it's a much easier climate than here in upstate New York. But even there, we tried to grow tomatoes. We tried to grow them in pots because we thought it would be more of a controlled environment. I think we actually produced one little baby cherry tomato We tried to grow herbs on our deck in this tropical backyard that we had where everything grew around us, except for our herbs. Just recently this year, we moved to a new house in upstate New York, and we had a really hot, muggy summer, lots of water, lots of warmth. Everything is so green around us, and we excitedly bought two flowering plants and hung them up outside our front door. They were beautiful. Pink flowers looked great. And we went on our merry way, and one day we looked up and thought, oh shit, we haven't watered our plants in a while. Hmm, they're pretty much dead. They're all brown. And, uh, you know, again, I don't know what it is about us. It's like we don't even think about it, we don't even see it, until we look up one day and the plant's dead, and it's too late. So anyway, you get the point. I don't have a green thumb, but here's the good news. You don't need a green thumb to grow dreams. So, there. I have this plaque hanging in my bedroom, and I don't remember where it came from or who gave it to me or where I got it. It's a really pretty green plaque, and it just has a very simple message on it. It says, Grow Dreams. It's actually going to be the cover art for this episode, so you can check it out. That's actually the sign hanging in my bedroom. And I don't remember where it came from or who gave it to me, but I do remember a time in my life when I really needed that message. I needed that permission to grow dreams and the knowledge. I needed just that little kick, that little reminder to know that a dream is something you could grow, something you could proactively set about tackling. Grow is an action word. It's a command, a promise, it's permission, it's an idea. Grow dreams. That's what we're going to talk about today. What is a dream? Well, in this context, a dream is an aspiration. It's a hope. It's a goal. It's an objective. It's a stretch. It's something that we have this little glimmer inside of us that we think we might really like to do that, but it's not really obvious that we can do that. And maybe it's not a world that we're really familiar with, but we see it and we covet it and we want it. That's a dream. And why do we need dreams? Well, dreams renew us. Dreams give us hope. They give our days purpose and design in the midst of routine and obligation and this human existence that can turn into drudgery, right? It's, you know, we get up every day. We set our alarms. We have these ruts, these routines where we get ready. Maybe we get our kids ready. They go to school. We go to work. We do our thing. We have the same coffee every day. We have the same lunch. Then we come home. We eat dinner. We watch the same programs on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We know what's on. And then we go to bed at pretty much the same time every night. And so we get into this routine, which, you know, we all love routines to a certain extent, but they can also turn into obligation and, like I said, drudgery. And we need something that can give our day's purpose and design in the midst of all this. And I do believe it is innate in humans to want, to desire, to dare, to think I could be someone, something different than I am right now. So much of our life is decided for us, right? We're born into a certain family structure, or we're born into a certain country, a certain culture, and so much of that shapes who we grow up to be in a good way, and also it can be in a bad way, and, and even if it is in a good way, it can be in a very limiting way. Also, this world gives us so many messages through media and advertising, through celebrity and Hollywood, television, through school and government, so many messages that before we know it, years have passed, and we look up and wonder, how did I get here? I didn't want this life. I didn't want this job. What? I didn't want to live here. I didn't want to spend all my days doing this. How did I get here? But here I am. And you may also have had the best life and you have a wonderful husband or partner, the best kids and the best job and home and, you know, just everything is great. But you still find yourself longing for more, for something different. Those are our dreams. And why do we have to talk about growing dreams? Well, the cold, harsh reality is that there are things out there that kill our dreams. And I don't know why, but as I started to think about dream killers, it was interesting that they all started with the letter D. So I'm calling this list the four big D's that kill dreams. The first one is divorce. Divorce is... One of the hardest things I've ever gone through. I think divorce is just, just. I don't care what the situation, even if it's amicable, even if it is necessary, even if both parties are on board, divorce is tough, man. And I know you've heard me mention it and talk about it. It shows up a lot in my writing, and it shows up a lot in this content on this podcast. And you know, I'm sorry for that, but it was just a major, major event in my life, and. For me, it, it all ties into this topic of growing dreams because, you know, divorce for me was a death of a dream. The life that I thought I was going to have, that I had for 20 plus years, even though it wasn't perfect and there were a lot of problems and I, I have a lot more perspective on that now that I'm a few years post-divorce, but despite all that, it was a dream killer. This marriage, this life that I had invested so much in was done, and I had to let go of that. It was over. The second big D that can kill dreams is death, and it's out of our hands, right? But if your dream was attached to a person and they leave this earth, your dream goes with it, right? You know, I don't want to gloss over this, but death is a very real part of life, and we will all experience it, right? We are all going to lose people that we love and lose people that were a part of our life, a part of our dreams at some point. Whether it's a parent, a friend, a partner, a child, and, you know, it can be expected and due to circumstances that aren't surprising like old age, but it can be tragic and it can be unexpected and it can be sudden. Either way, death is definitely one of the biggest dream killers out there. The third big D that kills dreams is a diagnosis, a health diagnosis that you didn't see coming. I have a really good friend right now who is living this out. She has lived her life a certain way and has achieved a lot of her dreams. She is an athlete, a triathlete, a long-distance swimmer, and she loved that part of her life. It was her identity. It was a big part of who she was. And she also traveled the country for her career and actually traveled the world for her career for many, many, many years and really had dreams of finishing her life the same way and going into retirement super active and traveling and, you know, just living her life a certain way. And in the last couple of years, she has had some traumatic diagnoses around her back. And it is not only causing tremendous pain and limitation, and she's had to have surgery after surgery and doctor's appointment after doctor's appointment, really trying to figure this out, figure out the pain, figure out how to heal, figure out how to move on. But her and I were having a conversation the other day about growing new dreams you know that the diagnosis that she's going through right now is causing her to have to let go of what she thought life was going to look like and develop a new dream for her life right and so a diagnosis can really shake up your world it can kill the dreams that you had for your life it might not be your own diagnosis it might be something that your partner's going through it might be your child i know some people who received a diagnosis about their kid early on in life. And the particular example I'm thinking of was a diagnosis that their kid was on the autism spectrum. And I'm not sure if I'm communicating this correctly. I know the language around autism and those disorders has been changing. But I think in today's terms, they might say that the child was not neurotypical. And 20 years ago, they diagnosed him as being on the spectrum. And he's super high-functioning, but his dad had to actually realize that the dreams he had for his son were going to change. The dreams he had for his son living life a certain way, whether it was fair or not fair for the dad to put those dreams on his kid, you know, it's reality, right? We we all have kids who come into our lives and and we have aspirations and we have dreams and we have a vision of how we see our lives together playing out and, you know, going to their baseball games and going to their football games and their prom and, you know, navigating the world of first girlfriends and boyfriends and all of that, right, that we have wrapped up in our children and then if a diagnosis comes along and changes what that might look like, it might not look like you had envisioned in your head, it can kill a dream, right? The final and fourth big D that kills dreams is disappointment. And this one is the sneakiest of all. You know, we all recognize the big ones that I just talked about, right? Divorce, death, diagnosis. Those are the the big Ds that, you know, we hope to avoid right? Like we all kind of go through this world looking over our shoulder and hoping none of those things catch up to us. And some of us are lucky and they never really do. And that's great. But disappointment is sneaky because we all deal with that. And it doesn't have to be a big disappointment. It's often the casual reoccurring disappointment in Just life in general, in people and how they show up for you or don't show up for you. Disappointment in yourself, in the decisions you've made and maybe things that you've done. Disappointment in your marriage and in your partner not delivering what you thought they were going to. Disappointment in the job path that you chose. Disappointment that, you know, this life just hasn't turned out the way you thought it would. It's that kind of low-level rumbling disappointment that settles in our belly that chokes the life out of our dreams slowly. And so we don't notice it. But it happens nonetheless, and it takes away your ability to dream. As we get older, a lot of people get unhappier, they get more miserable, grumpy, depressed. It's because they've let disappointment choke out all the dreaming. And like I said at the beginning of this, dreams renew us. They give us hope. They give our day's purpose and design. And when we let this sneaky disappointment in that chokes out the dreams, it can leave us just empty. So those are the four big D's that kill dreams. Perhaps it's not one of these big Ds. Maybe it's just the fact that you haven't ever had any dreams. You can't remember a dream that you had when you were a child to be something or to do something because you thought it was selfish or ungrateful to want something different than what you had or that it would jinx you. Or maybe you always took care of others and no one gave you permission to dream. Or maybe you did have dreams and you achieved them and now you don't know what to do. The ones you had were realized. You accomplished them. Now what? The other thing that can keep us from dreams are gatekeepers. And in this culture that we have and in this world that we have today, gatekeepers are those things we've constructed as people to keep other people in their place, to keep certain clubs and places elite right? The wealthy want to reserve that wealthy 1% spot for themselves. They don't really want to bring everybody along with them because then they wouldn't be special. They wouldn't be elite anymore. If the 1% turned into 50%, then those people that hold that spot right now wouldn't feel so special. So we've constructed gates to keep others down, to keep people out. Gatekeepers are those people who decided that women or people of color couldn't golf at Augusta. Or gatekeepers are the decision makers in media and in the news world who decide who or what stories are important, what lives matter. Gatekeepers are the agents and publishers who decide what is worthy to be read and therefore worthy to be published. They tell us who the bestsellers are. And by the way, those bestseller lists are significantly manipulated regular folk don't even realize how the New York Times and USA Today and Amazon you know they publish these lists of what the best-selling books are and what we should be reading and what is new and noteworthy well someone else decided that for you and you don't even know what their criteria was to decide that right those are gatekeepers and sometimes those things can be a barrier or an obstacle to our dreams now, if you are a writer and you want to be published, they've constructed the publishing world in such a way that they have these gatekeepers called agents. And you can't just call one of them and say, hey, I have a book. Will you be my agent? They've made it much more difficult than that. You have to write your query letter in just the right way. I mean, there there are actual classes in how to write your query letter. There are books written about how to approach an agent because you have to tread so carefully. If you make one misstep, your email gets deleted, your letter gets thrown out, you get rejected. So they've created all these obstacles and all these things that you have to jump over and hoops to jump through and things you have to do just right and all the planets have to align. And maybe you'll get an agent to actually read your email The point is, it's all these gates to keep people out, right? And only let a few in. Now, let's finish this up. How do you build dreams? I heard something recently that actually blew my mind. Now, I've been a journaler my whole life. I have shared with you before that I still have my diary from when I was 10 years old. I have my journals from when I was a teenager. I have journaled and written in my diary my entire life. And I really believe in journaling. I believe it is therapeutic. I believe it is powerful. It is healing. It has really helped me process everything in my life. So I hold it in very high esteem and tell people about it all the time. But I heard someone say something recently, again, that blew my mind. I was listening. It was actually my pastor in church a couple of weeks ago. And he was talking about destiny and living the life that you were put on this earth to live. And that was the context. And he said, here's an idea. Why don't you journal the new you? why don't you journal the you you want to be? Journal the life you want. And I thought, yes, that's how you grow dreams. That's how you grow dreams. And I know it seems very simple, but like I said, I've spent so much time journaling about who I am and what happened to me and why did it happen and how do I move on, how can I heal from it, that I haven't spent any time really journaling about my dreams, journaling about the life I want, really thinking it through, writing it down. That's what we need to do. This idea is life changing. Writing an idea down, writing a thought down is the very thing that gives it life. Dreams and ideas don't exist in this 3D world, this universe, until you get them out of your head and heart and into this world. It's got to get into this galaxy. Writing does that. Writing opens you up. And all the studying that I've done in creative writing, there's an exercise that writers do, and it's called free writing. And what you do here is you set a timer for three minutes or five minutes, maybe 30 minutes, and you just free write. You just write without thought or construct whatever comes to your mind. You're not trying to make anything sound good. You're not trying to organize sentences into paragraphs or write an essay. You are just letting your brain dream. And then you're writing down whatever your brain comes up with. There's no outline. There's no plan. You just let your pen move across the paper and write whatever comes. And you know, it's hard. It's harder than it sounds because we're so conditioned and trained to think through what we're going to write. So it takes some practice to actually do this. And when I first started doing it, you know, you tend to write things like, I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write. But as you let yourself do it, you just start to unleash and you kind of just... Open the floodgates and let things come out and see what happens. And some days there's absolutely, it's gibberish, nothing really enlightening comes out. But most of the time, there is something. When it comes to journaling, I tend to focus on and process my life as I know it and as it has happened. But when it comes to creativity, especially in my writing, the very act of writing, even if you don't know where it's going, just sitting down in your chair, getting behind your laptop and starting to type something. That very action will spark or ignite or unleash the idea or the dream. The process of writing opens doors. It cuts the things that have tied us down. It cuts those tethers. It gets our brain moving in different directions. It creates new neural pathways. It forces us to change and to think differently. This type of exercise, this uh, free writing or journaling about our future, journaling about our dreams, even if we really don't know what they are yet, will help us discover what our dreams can be. And it is the very thing that brings them to life. So how do we build dreams? Well, I think it takes intention and expectation. We have to plant it, we have to nourish it, we have to protect it, and then we have to let it go and let it grow. So when you're going to plant something, you take a seed and you intentionally put it in the ground, you put it in the dirt, you put it in the pot. And when you do this act, when you take that seed and plant it, you do it with expectation that you will see it sprout and grow to maturity. You typically don't plant a seed expecting it to die before it sprouts. You don't plant it and expect it to be eaten by deer. You don't plant it and expect it to die. You really, otherwise, why would you do it? You plant it with expectation and intention that you will see it sprout and grow to maturity right it's the same way with your dreams. Go after them intentionally. Do some of these exercises intentionally. Pull out a piece of paper. Get a journal where you intentionally start to think about or dream about something that you want to do. It doesn't have to be to play golf at Augusta. It doesn't have to be to publish a novel or be on the New York Times bestseller list. It doesn't have to be to be a contestant on The Voice. Your dream might be I want to run a 5K. I want to learn how to cook. I want to go to cooking school. Maybe you want to have a baby. Maybe you want to, I don't know, breed dogs. Whatever it is, doesn't have to be big or huge. Maybe you want to own your own home. Maybe you want to travel to Paris. Maybe that's your dream. Maybe you actually want to live in Paris for six months. Whatever it is, take that seed and intentionally plant it. Start the process. Bring it to life. Bring it to life. Bring it into existence. Give it birth by actually writing about it, okay? Secondly, you need to nourish it. Plants need light, water, and some love, right? Our dreams are the same way. How do we give our dreams nourishment? How do we give it light and water and some love? We'll start to talk about it with people. You've journaled it. You've, You've done the first step of giving it life in this universe. Now tell somebody about it and then Google it do some research. Who's holding cooking classes in your city? Who's holding writing classes in your city? How much does it cost to book a flight to Paris? How much money would you need to live there for six months? What kind of job could you get in Paris? Start to do some research. Start to give it some light. Start to give it some water and love and just think about it and allow yourself to give it love, to dream about it. Keep writing about it. Write about it every day. Third, you need to protect it. Now, when we plant something in the ground, like I said, we do it with intention and expectation. But if we really want that thing, that tomato plant to sprout and to grow and produce, we have to protect it. We have to protect it from weeds, predators, some weeds that you might have that will choke your dream are our own thoughts, overthinking, our doubts, our fears. Those are weeds that will choke your dream to death. And then there's predators. There's other people who might laugh at it, scoff at it distractions. There's things that will suck your time. You have to protect your dream. If you do sign up for a writing class and it's Wednesdays from 8 to 10, you protect that time slot. You don't let other people take that away from you or other things. If it's your cooking class on Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock, protect it. And if it's your idea and you tell some people about it and they laugh at you or they don't believe in you or they tell you, yeah, that'll never happen. The gatekeepers won't let you in you can't do that. You don't come from that kind of place. You thats you can't go there. That's not for you. People like you don't do that. People like you don't get to do that. People like you can't achieve that. You know, those are predators. And don't let those people choke your dreams out either. So now after you've planted it with intention and expectation, you've nourished it, you're protecting it from weeds and predators. Now you got to let it go. You've done all you can do. Now, the thing will either grow or not, and you need to make your peace with that. If you do all of the things above and you're frustrated with the process or the results and your dream is taking too long, let it go so it will grow or not. You know, that's the thing with dreams. You know, sometimes we have dreams for certain seasons of our lives, and sometimes we may have a dream and it may not happen, and that's okay. If you've done all that you can do, just let it go. Let it grow, keep keep nourishing it, keep protecting it, and let it happen. I promise you, just that process alone will give you hope. It may lead you in places you hadn't expected. It may lead you to other dreams and newer dreams. And it's a, a process that is just self sustaining and, and cyclical. And once you get in this pattern and this habit of being a dream grower, the possibilities are endless. The sky's the limit. It becomes a lifestyle. So plant your dreams, nourish them, protect them, and then let them go and let them grow. Now, as our time together ends today, here's what I want you to take with you. You don't need a green thumb to grow dreams. Write it down, plan it with intention and expectation, nourish it, protect it, let it go, and let it grow. What have you got to lose? I'm going to go on this journey with you. I am going to start to get into the habit of journaling the life that I dream about instead of the life that's already happened. So I'm on this journey with you, and let's see where it goes. If you've never had permission, or you never knew how, or that it was something you could do for yourself, let today be the day that that changes. Grow dreams. It was truly my pleasure to share this podcast episode with you today. I hope you got something out of it. I know I did. I inspired myself. So I'm excited to go grow some dreams. If you'd like more information about All There Is, you can go to kellybargabas.com. You can find all the past episodes. If you've missed some of them, there's a whole season one and season two to catch up on. Subscribe to it. I'd love it if you shared it with your friends so we could get some traction and share the message. And until we meet again, take care.